Liv. I'm Steve. And this is Fish Out of Water. A podcast for epileptics by epileptics that are not medical professionals. We did not make that clear in the first episode. We just really want people to know that besides little bits of our brains, we know F all about medicine. I wouldn't entirely say that. I did do four years uh, nursing school. So I, I know a bit, but I'm not claiming to be an expert of any sort. Uh, just generalized uh, useful information. Yeah. I know how to put on a band-aid. Yes, band-aids are helpful. <laughs> it's amazing how many people don't know how to do that properly. So, how you been? Oh, I went to a, I went to a birthday party yesterday. Um, it was, well, it, it was like a birthday dinner with an old co-worker of mine. And um, when he left the business, our boss got mad. Oh. He, he felt, like, betrayed because he, my friend had been working there for a while and he was, like, kind of like, we we raised you or something like that and like my friend was like well i'm getting like two bucks more an hour so see ya anyway money so, talks so um i'm at uh, i'm at the restaurant with chris and his friends and um i look over and i grab chris's arm i'm like you planned this and he's like what do you mean I'm like you did this on purpose right and he goes what are you talking about i'm like our boss is over there and he's like are you serious and he like whips around like waves wildly over to our <laughs> boss i'm like what are you doing it's like my birthday i'm allowed to do what i want i'm like oh my god you're ridiculous it was a little uncomfortable i'm like am i fraternizing with the enemy or something like am i gonna be in trouble on monday see i i made a uh a pledge to myself many years ago that i would not get involved with any kind of inter business kind of politics or anything like that so anytime people start talking and nursing or any kind of healthcare, oh my god is there politics it's like everybody talking about this or that and this person didn't do this and, blah, 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 and it just goes on and on and on it's like yeah i'm checking out i'm done i don't care there's office gossip no matter where you work yeah it's, it's... And, like, you'll hear there's office gossip, and you're like, do I really want to be part of this drama? But you're like, if I don't know, then I'm left out. Tell me everything. <laughs> uh, and then you're like, man, that was stupid and a waste of my time, but it made my day a little more interesting. Yeah. Well, when there's lulls in actual work, as there is in pretty much any job, yeah, um, you kind of need to fill it with something. And there's a reason why reality TV is such a popular thing. I love reality. TV. <laughs> I mean, like something something weird happened. Okay, so oh, okay. we were talking about horror flashes in the last episode, mm -hmm. and this uh, and how usually right before I have a seizure, I feel like, oh my god, I'm gonna die! Oh my god, I'm gonna die! Okay, so I wake up at about oh, it was probably like two in the morning or something a couple days ago, and I feel you know like the shooting pain going down my arm that comes along with having a seizure and. As opposed to being like, oh my god, baby, help, I need help, I need help, I'm going to have a seizure. I went, and I, I felt calm. I was just like, okay, babe. <laughs> and he's like, uh. And I'm like, I think I'm going to have a seizure. And he went, what? Like, this is not the correct reaction you usually have. So Harry, who co-sleeps with us sometimes, was like in between us. So he had to move Harry. And I'm going, okay, just, you know, take your time. Like, totally calm. It was so weird. It was so, so weird. That is not my usual reaction. Hmm. Yeah. So either a bit of a change or just a one-off? I don't know. I was so calm that he didn't wake up right away. Mm -hmm. So, like, had I continued being so calm, I wonder if he had slept through it <laughs> or something. He's I've had them, and then he was so, like, basically asleep, he forgot the next morning. He was like, man, you're tired this today. I'm like, I had a seizure last night. He's gone, what? When? <laughs> oh my god, you got to, like, sleep through it. Yeah, let's start. Let's do our thing. Yeah. Um, what comes first? Fun fact corner. In this case, it's going to be sort of fun facts, but not so fun facts. Not so fun fact corner. Yeah, the idea of this one I looked at is uh, a lot of people are like, okay, this person's epileptic and this person's epileptic. And it's like, well, why? Like, how did they get that way? Okay. And uh, so I sort of looked into several different causes and effects. And a lot of these are going to be like, you know, people who already know and or suspect. But some of these can be a little bit more uh, specific and people might be like, oh, that causes epilepsy or potentially causes epilepsy. Right. So we'll start with uh, right from childbirth. 
Uh, a lot of things in childbirth can go wrong or can go slightly sideways. Anyways, the, uh, a lot of things have a potential. There's a lot of potential with babies and little things that go wrong may seem little at the time. So for instance, um, having oxygen deprivation when they're very young during childbirth can lead to future problems, including uh, epilepsy. So like if the baby's breached? Yeah, if it's breached okay. or if it's, uh, when, if it's got an umbilical cord wrapped around its neck, it doesn't get it unreleased or released, I should say, uh, right away. Uh, brain infections at any time uh, in your life can cause it. So meningitis, encephalitis, uh, cystic-cursosis. I had to get that one uh, pronounced out by Google. Thanks, Google. Um, that's the one where you get uh, infected with tapeworms in their actual uh, larvae and so forth get into your brain and you get an infection. Oh. Yeah, it's real fun. Uh, I recommend it to everyone. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> brain and head injuries, obviously, uh, or strokes. Anything to do with the brain in that sense. Uh, there's a lot of neurological diseases like Alzheimer's that can also uh, lead to epilepsy. Uh, brain tumors. And uh, what's probably my case is genetic disorders. Uh, I have a few genetic weirdo things happening in my body and... Uh, causing various things like heart issues and uh, epilepsy or um, at least a seizure disorder. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think they can't really nail it down is in my case, there is no history of anything. It's just sort of appeared at a certain point. And sometimes these things can be like ticking time bombs and they, you go fine, you go fine. And then something uh, reaches that time frame, and then it boom, then it starts having the issues and starts showing that in my case, I think that's what, what the problem was. Uh, but do I know that? No, because the doctors don't even know. Yeah. So hard to say in my case, but there's a lot of things that can uh, help that. Now, that being said, prevention. There are some things that can help prevent it. Don't uh, do drugs. Yeah, don't do drugs. You know, that's always a good one. <laughs> you, you can do without that one last hit of meth. That's okay. Proper prenatal care. Doctors who talk to you and when you're pregnant and say, you know, do these things. This is the best way to have the healthiest chance of having a great baby. They know what they're doing. Listen so my mom shouldn't have smoked heavily and drank heavily while she was pregnant with me? No. Oh. <laughs> oh. Only she'd known that. Yeah. The 70s were rife with that kind of stuff. I was not born in the 70s. It, well, I was. And they, like everybody smoked and drank. <laughs> like, I mean, you were 14, you were smoking and drinking. Mm. So anyways, vaccinations. Get your kids vaccinated. All right, there's a lot of uh, excellent, excellent vaccines, and I don't want to get into the issue of yeah, the, the anti-vaxxers. Anti but they, they, pro-vax. We're, we are pro-vax. We're most definitely pro-vax. Pro it's, it's one of the best ways to prevent future problems, such as Death. epilepsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, safety measures. Uh, seat belts, uh, car seats, helmets, you know, if they're riding a bike, all these things to protect the head. I teach martial arts, and when I tell people, you know, like, if you're getting hit, you're going to get hit somewhere. If you're if you're within range and the person has the ability to hit you, they can hit you. The thing is, is you want to make sure that they hit you in an area that doesn't matter that much. Pain is not such a big deal because pain you get through and then you can carry on and you can have a completely normal life. But there's certain injuries that you don't want. Now, if someone hits you and punches you in the ribs, well, even if they hit you so hard that they break a rib, you know, that's obviously not a good thing, but it's not going to lead to lifelong struggles. Mm -hmm. You get hit really hard in the head and you can definitely have lifelong struggles after that. Permanent damage that does things that uh, it wouldn't have happened if it hit you anywhere else in the body. So always protecting the head is uh, one of the big things that I always teach people in martial arts. And it's the same thing for riding a bike uh, or a, a motorbike for that matter and or playing uh, sports that uh, are contact sports. Make sure to wear a helmet. The last uh, little not so fun fact is uh, women have a harder time generally uh, with epilepsy because yep. hormones uh, can uh, do a lot of things to you in pregnancy. Now, the research I did, it was because of pregnancy, uh, a lot of women can have their hormones fluctuate and they have a harder time with epilepsy because of that. In your case, you're saying that you actually had a better time. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Wow. So just remember, everybody's an individual. And <laughs> yeah. uh, 
any kind of rule you think there is in in the medical world, you're going to find an excuse or an opposite that that, that completely throws that into the garbage. So <laughs> anyways, speaking of fun facts, do you have someone that we're going to talk about today? Yes, but he's not that fun. I'm oh. really excited about this. Okay, so I'm super into true crime. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Richard Ramirez was? Oh, the name rings a bell, but I don't know exactly. Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, or Night Walker, rather... Um, who uh, killed 14 people was, in fact, epileptic. I think it's actually kind of interesting um, that you brought up ways that epilepsy can start. When he was just a baby, a dresser fell on him. Oh. And, ow, so that could have been a head injury, which could have caused the seizures. Um, And then when he was five, he was knocked out by a swing set at a playground, But it wasn't until fifth grade that his family realized that he was epileptic. Hmm. His childhood friend, Patricia Caspi, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, did this biography. And she said that, I used to sit just behind Richard. He was always turning around and playing little jokes on me. We lived on the same block and he used to walk me home sometimes. The day I saw him have the first attack... We were taking a math test. He turned around and the teacher yelled at him. The next thing I knew, he started sinking down in his seat. He was always doing things like that, so I thought nothing of it. But then he fell to the floor and started cursing, and his eyes rolled into the back of his head. Mrs. Woodward, our teacher, made all the kids get up and go to the window, and she told me to go and get the nurse. The gym teacher came in with the nurse and carried him to his office. And then Richard didn't come back to class. Uh, Ramirez's mom came and picked him up and he like would not go to bed, even though she was like, you should go to bed, you need to rest. I, I came home from work because you had a seizure. Like, wait a guilt trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your seizure made me come home from work. Yeah. Um, but he wouldn't. So uh, even though he just had a ground muscle, that makes me think that he had the kind of seizure where he's like perfectly fine five minutes later yeah lucky boy yeah right um and uh so he like wouldn't go to bed um but he was also very stubborn um then the next day he had another one it was patricia that caught him i was on my way to class richard went down in front of the lockers cursing and shaking real hard this time then she went back to the gym teacher got him and was the one to help out during emergencies. And then she talks about how um, nice and good-looking he was. Mm. Yes, yes, he was a very kind person, having (laughs) killed 14 people. Mercedes took Richard to... Mercedes was um, Ramirez's mom. Mm -hmm. Took him to the hospital. He was examined and was told that he was an epileptic and was experiencing grand mal seizures, but it was nothing to worry about, and he would grow out of it, and was not given any medication. What year was that, roughly? Uh, 70s, I think. Okay. Nor was his mom asked to bring him in again. Weird. Yeah, right? So at home, his baby brother was starting to have staring spells and would just sit still and stare at anything, a wall, a table, the floor, for 5, 10, 15 minutes without speaking or moving. He was having petty mal seizures, but no one realized it then. And he wasn't diagnosed or treated. Ramirez was one, had one or two dozen of these petty mal attacks every month until he entered his early teens, which is when he started having the grand mal ones. And again, and the doctor was right, even though he did not go the right way about it, um... They lessened and eventually stopped completely. And then after uh, after a while, uh, according to Dr. Ronald Jeshwind, a certain number of people who suffer from temporal lobe epilepsy have altered sexuality and hyper-religious feelings and are hypergraphic, have a compulsion to write, and are excessively aggressive. Years later, after all the trouble, Richard would be diagnosed with having temporal lobe epilepsy. And Ramirez died in in 2013 at the ripe old age of 53 from B-cell lymphoma in Green Bay, California. I got that information off of someone who's really obsessed with the Night Stalker. Um, on Tumblr, Richard Ramirez 
dash the nightstalker.tumblr. So if you want more information on him, you can find it there. He was really gross. Really, really gross. But yeah, so who knows what could have caused it. It could have been a dresser falling on him. He mm-hmm. could have been knocked out by a swing. Or it could have been a fluke. <laughs> it, in the, yeah. Well, the, the fact that his brother also suffered from seizures makes me think it was either it was could have been genetic might have been environmental like there was something that specifically that both his dad beat the poop out of him like okay every day that that could also easily do it um both him and the the brother that there's always something that links when you see multiple like that i mean it doesn't have to uh there is the idea that you know a lot of things can happen and go wrong and they don't have to be linked but the likelihood is small it's funny that it was linked into aggression and hyper-religiousness because he, when he was a teenager, he started studying Satanism. And, well, when you kill 14 what teenager women... Doesn't? The, <laughs> when you kill 14 women, you probably are a little bit aggressive. So, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I'm not I'm not saying I'm a fan of the person that was a philosopher. Of course not. We don't have to be. At all. I just thought it was interesting that he was because I have heard people complain of being aggressive, especially after they were diagnosed with epilepsy. I got uh, a note, like I would get a little bit, uh, not aggressive, but uh, defensive uh, when I had too many people all over me trying to uh, help me. And I in the few minutes that uh, after I have a seizure... I can't understand what they're saying, you know, and then you have too many people asking you questions and things like that. Are you okay? Are you this? What day is it? You know, and it's like, bugger off. Leave me alone. Let me go kill a 60 year old For- <laughs> woman in bed. Yeah, I'll be exactly. Right back. I'm yeah. fine. It's, it's one of those things like I'm not in the best headspace, but honestly, mostly I just want to sleep. Leave me alone. Yeah. Let me sleep. And then by the time that's done, I'm like, hmm, I love the taste of blood in the morning because all my cheeks... So did Richard Ramirez. I, apparently. <laughs> now, that's an interesting one. So many people that have had uh, seizures out there and have had epilepsy, I think they say about 25 million in the States alone, has have had seizures of some sort or for some reason. Right. Um, not necessarily all of them are epileptic, but uh, that is a lot of people. So I look forward to these... Uh, uh, famous fellow fish corner. This is more of an infamous fellow fish. Yeah. Except I don't even want him to be fellow. Just an infamous fish. Fair enough. Famous fish. Yes. Infamous famous. Infamous, infamous fish. Infamous <laughs> fish. He was an infamous fish. Infamous fish. I'm not sad he's dead. No. That, <laughs> that's that's fine. Yeah. And then I think uh, we decided we were going to talk about different ways to um, support and help people that suffer from epilepsy or fight epilepsy and i feel like ignoring it wasn't the right way to go about it for ramirez but uh what about you like how did how were you supported when you first when you first got it or were diagnosed well it's kind of funny because we were talking about this earlier and both of us have had basically completely different uh experiences uh with epilepsy at least in the start because you had it right from the uh, ripe old age of how old? Eleven. Eleven. So you had it at that age where kids are nasty and cruel. Yep. Uh, when was I ten? I, <laughs> I don't remember. It's it's young enough that you were a child. <laughs> yes. And that other children were at that age where they don't uh, see the harm they're doing necessarily. Yes, they don't have a lot of compassion. I had mine like you know, five, six years into being in the military and everybody from family to friends to the military was super supportive. Uh, I had uh, all kinds of support uh, to the point where, uh, like I was supposed to go overseas to Bosnia uh, at the time and I was on my way to the plane to go to Bosnia. It was I was still in Victoria, but I was going to go to Victoria, which was going to get me to Shiloh, which was going to get me to Bosnia. It was uh, several plane rides, but it was all set up. I had all my gear. I was saying uh, goodbye for a while to my parents. And on the way there, I had a seizure. No. And this was... Uh, now, a couple episodes ago, I was talking about the first one, and it was right in the living room. And uh, that was the first one, but we were sort of treating it, and they thought it was a one-off. So this was technically my second one. 
How long apart were they? Oh, months, because I was on medication and everything like that. Okay. I was on Tegretol at the time. They gave that to me. And it was uh, sorting out what they were doing. And they thought I could just come off of it and it would be fine. So they told me, yeah, you can. You don't have to take that anymore. You should be okay. And so I was like, okay, cool. I can still go on this uh, tasking. And I dropped uh, the Tegretol completely. Thing Why is... Why did you... T well, no, because they said I could. Oh. You don't drop medication like that completely. No. So I found out that if you just stop taking it uh, and not wean yourself off, you will have a seizure. Yeah. But then they also found out that I kind of uh, needed to continue doing that. And that was the beginning of the end. But it still took another six years before I was uh, released from the military. My CEO uh, really uh, liked the work I was doing because I was teaching a lot at the time. And so he wrote an order to basically continue my service for another three years. And then when those three years were up, he wrote a second order. And he's allowed to write two uh, to continue my service for another three years. So I got to stay in the military six years longer than I should have, technically, because uh, I had a medical reason to release. But the idea of it is you don't know if the medical issue can be resolved. So you can continue that. And if it hasn't been resolved in six years, the chances of it resolving in another six years is not high. Right. So at that point, they had to release me. They didn't really have a choice. But I had a lot of support at the time. And he, I did have a few uh, seizures going through uh, when I was doing exercises with the military. And don't worry, I wasn't like accidentally shooting people with a seizure <laughs> or anything like that. I would feel them coming along with a with an aura and I just put everything down and sit down and I would have a seizure. Then I'd have to find a way to get out of the exercise. And I always felt like a real ass because it was such a pain in the ass for people to get me out of there and uh, to a place that's safe and then go home. But the thing is, they, they had no problems with it. They were like, okay, obviously you're doing everything. You're not having a seizure because you like having them or something like that. It's not like some of the guys that <laughs> have real... some calories. <laughs> I mean, but the interesting thing is people are really, really good at supporting people in the military for a lot of what might seem obvious reasons, but there's a lot of people that have issues in the military. Like they have PTSD or they have uh, alcoholism things like that that might have stemmed from PTSD or just the fact that the environment in the military encourages drinking. So you get a lot of alcoholics and things like that. And so the environment is very used to supporting its own people and taking care of them as best they can. So it was one of those situations where I was with a, a lot of people I trusted uh, between family, friends, and the my job. A lot of people I trusted. And it was I was always supported from get-go. I mean, it didn't stop me from feeling like an ass sometimes because not that I had any control over it, but you always feel like a burden. Uh, and for like we were talking about last week, it's very hard to get rid of that feeling. Like, I mean, it's sort of an acceptance, but even with the acceptance, it's like, how could I lessen this? How could I lessen my burden? Uh, it's still difficult, uh, but I had about as much support as you could possibly imagine. So I couldn't see doing that without any more support. I really couldn't. You had a different experience. I had a very different experience. Oh my god. Yeah, when when it first happened, I was in grade five, and it was just, uh, no one knew what was going on. I remember I was in the hospital. I was in the hospital for a few weeks, and I had a big class at the time, and everyone made get well soon cards. There was this one girl named Nicole who really didn't like me, and... I think her card said, uh, in no hurry to come back or something like that. Oh, good that. God. <laughs> and I'm just like, but I'm sick and I want to come back to school. See, this is why you never force kids to write get well soon cards. No, it was really sweet. Like, it really was. And some people, like my best friend Annie at the time wrote like eight or something. Oh, wow. It was like, it was this giant envelope that my dad basically like upended at my feet and like all these cards came out and they were all like, it wasn't like one big card from the class. It was okay. like a whole bunch of little ones and Nicole's was just really passive aggressive. And I was just <laughs> like, well, I don't like you either, but it, the bullying just got worse and worse because it's an easy, I was an easy target. Oh yeah. Right. Like I remember in, uh, in sixth grade, I had a seizure while at school. At that point, I wasn't really telling everyone, hey, I'm epileptic. Well, now I'm kind of like, hey, just so you know, if I have a seizure, it's not un uncommon. Like, yeah. just hear the basics. Just do that. Don't stick Don't a spoon in my out. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> just like, 
wait. And, but I remember I just, uh, I was like, I'm having a seizure. And then I lay down and cause I can hear everything that's going on and I'm outside too. And, um, I remember hearing this one kid, I don't, I recognized his voice too. I can't for the life of me remember his name, but I heard he's faking it or she's faking it. And I'm like, who would do that? Oh my God. Who would do that? And they're just so mean. So then people started calling me and it's not even very creative seizure girl. That's just two words put together, but said in the right tone, it can hurt your feelings. Yeah. So yeah, I was seizure girl from then on. That's Um, not even creative. No, it's not in the slightest, but they knew it hurt my feelings because it's not something I would like to have people make fun of me for. No. Um, but then someone who I considered a good friend, uh, I'll never forget this when for a little bit of backstory, it's the right side of my body that seizes and, um, well, it's mainly the right side of my body that seizes and, Mm -hmm. uh, my right arm used to jerk around like a lot and like it would clench into a fist and it would just jerk around like, and I remember this girl, she said to another friend of mine, Hey, how do you get Liv to kill herself? And he went, how? And she said, put a knife in her hand before she has a seizure. <laughs> so then I confronted her because I heard she'd said this joke. And I was like, did you really say this? She's like, no, I would never say something like that. And then this is when three-way calls were becoming really popular. So okay. she did a three-way call with the guy who had told me she'd made this joke. And she's like, and I was being silent on the other line. And she's like, I never said that. And he went, she's not here. Stop lying. And I'm like, I am here. And that's horrid. Oh, she started cyberbullying me later on when cyberbullying was becoming a thing. Like, yeah. Uh, quote, do the world a favor and kill yourself. Oh, lovely. Yes. So I was just a really easy target. And then because kids are just so mean. And people didn't really know what to do because it's not like I could just stop having the seizures. Right? Oh, no. So slowly, really, I just had to find the right friends because turns out that girl wasn't a good one. So when I got into high school, I was around grade 10. I found like the group of friends that were right for me. Again, it was still high school and I wasn't a big fan of it. But I did have one friend... Um, who was just, like, my go-to guy. Just, he was just one of the best people I'd ever met. He was just the perfect person to have around. Extreme situations are the best telltale of who are good people and who are not. Yeah. Uh, it's how they react at the time of an extreme event or a uh, crisis. And even though epilepsy for us is uh, a little more common, for a lot of people, it's a crisis for them because they've never seen it before. And that's why they tend to react in certain ways. Some people are very supportive. And then other people, especially when they're younger, get very nasty. Yeah. And a couple rules that I always live by is uh, when you see people uh, that are stressed, how they react is what their actual personality is. Mm-hmm. Now, you can have bad reactions to various things, uh, and that's fair. When you're drunk, for instance, you take away all of those social guards that we always have up. You tend to see the actual person a little bit more when they're drunk, in my opinion. Okay. Um, so when someone, like I'm, in a, I'm a bit of an obnoxious person. I'm loud and uh, boisterous. And I am like that, but I'm usually a little more reserved. But when I'm drunk, I'm a lot more obnoxious and boisterous. It, it just turns uh, the volume of your personality up to 11. Yeah, so I think that's kind of the thing. And then you put people into crisis, and uh, that you also see an extreme version of that person. Some people are extremely beautiful people. They're awesome, and they're supportive. And then you get people that are not. One of the things that it reminded me, like, you know how you're saying how how do people are supporting you uh, or not supporting you when you're having an issue? And I made a joke about sticking a spoon in your mouth. And, you know, a lot of people think that was just a thing that people sort of semi-thought but nobody actually did it's like no 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 mm-hmm. they actually do that or they used to do that uh, if you watched a movie alien the first one uh when the fellow 
you know, he gets the, the face hugger on him and, and then it falls away and they're all having dinner mm-hmm. and they're eating. And then the guy starts having a seizure because his alien's about to burst out of his chest and then kill him and then run off, right? And they all think he's just having a seizure. So you see yeah, them. just having a seizure. <laughs> you know, but, well, I would rather have a seizure than have a little alien spawn burst out of my chest. Better story. Yeah, it's a better story. <laughs> but, they well, they're, they're trying to uh, help him out. And one of the guys is trying to shove a spoon in his mouth. Wrong! And it's like, it, it, it's a it's very visible. He's there and they're like, get a spoon in his mouth. And then they're like trying to shove that in there. And for the longest time, people thought that was what you did. And this was, now that movie was made in what, 77, 78, something like that. So, but back then that was kind of protocol. That's what you did. Mm. And I think for quite a while before that, because they thought two things, that you couldn't breathe and so they needed to open your airway, but you'd have to break the teeth to do that if they're really clenching down. Yeah. So it's not going to do them any good. So, so many things wrong with it. And you're not going to swallow your tongue, so... No, you, don't have to you worry can about bite off a piece of your tongue and swallow that, though. Sure. And you see if you taste like chicken or pork. Yeah. But well, you don't <laughs> see what you taste. You find out if yeah. you taste. Like, I'm a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, uh, don't do that, please. No. All those people out there. And I know if you are uh, suffer from epilepsy, uh, you already know this, but information is a good thing and please don't shove uh, utensils in my mouth yeah it doesn't like, help epilepsy can be having it can be embarrassing especially when you're a kid but honestly i find full disclosure is the best way to go about it because then you do find out who's going to support you and who's going to be an a-hole yeah right like again i if i were to redo it i really don't think i would have made it like public knowledge to everyone in high school or in my elementary school like hey guys i have epilepsy by the way I really doubt I would tell everyone that because it, it it makes you an easy target, at least in my case. And kids have so many more rights now, though. It doesn't mean they're not mean still, but oh, no. their bullying is paid more attention to, for sure. Like, the teachers did nothing. Yeah. Well, even now, the teachers don't have much in the way of uh, tools no. to do that. Like, you ask a teacher, and teacher, this is why... I, I love teaching, uh, but I love teaching in the military and at the dojo and things like that. I don't know if I'd ever want to be a public school teacher because kids are horrible. <laughs> and I know I was one, uh, but uh, kids are not the greatest and they get away with a lot of stuff that I didn't get away with when I was a kid because the rights do help the kids a bit, but they also help them get away with things sometimes. I mean, if I was caught doing anything uh, like bullying or anything like that, I would get the belt, and that's what you got, and you didn't do it again because you got beaten, and, you know, that was basically the results of it, so, you know, and I'm not advocating for it. This is the weird thing is, like, I don't want to beat a kid, obviously, but at the same time, it was a good stark lesson in not doing certain things. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. Anyway, (laughs) I digress. Yeah. Oh. And then there are the medications, of course. Yeah, uh, the medications. So we're talking about all these things and the different ways we are sort of treated by other people. But the medical professions, like the one fellow you were talking about there, didn't get treated very well at <laughs> Excuse me. Didn't get treated very well at all. He was basically told, eh, it'll, it'll pass. Ramirez. Yeah, Ramirez. Like, it, it, it's strange to me. Maybe uh, the doctor knew exactly why he was having the seizure at the time. It's hard to say without going back and seeing it, but it seems strange that he wasn't on medication or anything. Yeah, just like, no, go away. There's your diagnosis. Just like, it, that's not the right way to go about it. Maybe it was way back when, but I mean, if there was someone who deserves epilepsy, I feel <laughs> like it might have been him. Because he yeah. was, like, not a good person yeah. at all. Oh. It's yeah. a pretty terrible thing. Oh, yeah. I got some, I got the willies reading that, uh, reading that Tumblr blog. I was like, I just want to know about the epilepsy. I don't want to read about all this other stuff he did. So, what was the, uh, quick and dirty history of your medication? Um, okay. I actually started on Pigretol. Okay. Um, but it doped me up to the point where, like, I, I could do nothing. I couldn't do anything. So they weaned me off of that and put me on Lamotrigine. 
I'm on a fistful of medication, so I actually wrote out what medications I'm on. Right now, I'm on Lamotrigine. I take 600 milligrams a day. <laughs> the side effects are nausea, dizziness, headaches, changes in periods, back pain, insomnia, and blurred and double vision. Out of those, I get nausea, I get dizziness, I get insomnia, and I get blurred and double vision. Mm-mm. And then Fine. I was put on Trilepdol 2, and I take 975 milligrams of that a day. Changes in vision, poor balance, dizziness, jerky movements, upset stomach, nausea and vomiting, sleepiness and fatigue, and tremors. Which I think is kind of funny because lamotrigine can cause insomnia, and then it kind of evens out with the Trilepdol <laughs> because it causes sleepiness and fatigue. And then the one that I'm addicted to is Clobazam. Um, Addicted? Yeah, like literally they won't give me more than three months because people sell it. So are you selling it on the side? No! <laughs> but well, I mean, you're, you're saying you're addicted to it. and it... I'm addicted to it. If I sold it, I would probably die. I'm on 25 milligrams a day and it causes confusion, hallucinations, fevers, chills, green mucus, and shortness of breath, drowsiness, burning when you pee, and peeing more. So... Fun. See, I would just think I had the clap. <laughs> it it's actually it's also an um, anti schizophrenic slash anti um, anxiety medication. Okay. It doesn't help with my anxiety, or I just have way more anxiety than. Is it a benzo benzodiazepine? I don't know what that means. Uh, it's a group of medications, including uh, Ativan. Because so. they use it, 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 I'd be curious because, or at least if it had some uh, chemical similarities, because uh, Ativan is one of the drugs they give you to immediately stop seizures. No, um, it's not one of those. So, no. No, and no, it's no. very addictive. It's, um, there was a shortage on Clovisam about about three years ago, and I had to go on a cousin of it. Okay. And I was screwed. Like it was so scary. I felt. Like, I felt like I was constantly going to have a seizure. I had some pretty nasty ones. They started happening during the day. Mm. It was... And I was a new mom. I was at home with a baby that I was, like, afraid to watch. Because this medication was... uh, Not having it was messing with me totally. I had no idea just how addicted I was to it and how much it was helping my epilepsy until I couldn't have it anymore. So Hmm. the... I started taking the Clobazam when I was um, in ninth grade, so I was probably about 14. It really helped. I remember thinking, like, hey, I haven't had a seizure in three weeks, and that's insane. I remember turning to my dad, and I'm like, Papa, I haven't had a seizure in three weeks. And he just looked so happy. He was like, yeah, I think this one might be the one. And then I had a seizure that night. Oh, dear. But... It, it was three weeks without one. Yeah. And it had been years since that had happened. I was having like four a week. They upped my dosage of Lamotrigine after I had my baby. Um, and then I got really tired, even though that was the one that caused insomnia. That's my history of medication. So that's a fistful in the morning and a fistful at night. I'm uh, a little, well, fair amount better than you for the... On the... <laughs> I'm better than you, medication-wise. <laughs> uh, yeah, is in, and by that I mean um, mine are a little more effective uh, for me. Uh, I have other medications for my heart issues, but the uh, I started uh, with Dilantin. Dilantin was effective, but it had a whack of side effects for me. Oh. So I was asking to go off onto it. Now, we talked about Dilantin last week, uh, and we were talking about how it was... Is that was... the one that Roosevelt took? Well, I don't know if he did or not. What we're oh. saying is that in the 30s, late 30s, is when it was created. <coughs> and in the late 30s, uh, when it was created, it was kind of a go-to one uh, because of its effectiveness. Mm. Um, so that one is still in use, and that tells you something. If a drug is, it's like, think of aspirin. Aspirin's been around for like almost 100 years, something to that effect, uh, because it's still useful. It was very good at its time, and it's still being used as it is. Uh, and Dilantin is like that. It's uh, one that's very strong, but it's kind of rough on the body. Uh, for my side, it, I was having double vision. 
I was very dopey. A lot of the uh, these medications, uh, anti-seizure medications, make people dopey. And so Dilantin wasn't really working for me in that sense, but I had not had much um, experience with uh, anti-seizure medications at that time. I didn't realize how many of them were either just as bad or far worse. Uh, <laughs> so the next one they uh, tried me on was Tegretol. Uh, and Tegretol did work for a while. Uh, then I started having some seizures again. So they wanted to try me on a couple other things. They started me on one that was originally a migraine medication. A lot of uh, of these medications were originally migraine medications and they also help with seizures. And that was Topamax. Its nickname was Dopamax. <laughs> and for good reason. It was uh, actually a med that a lot of women took because it killed your appetite. And so when they wanted to get oh. thin, they would take this. I don't know how they lived through it. It was the worst experience in my life as far as medication goes. It was horrendous. I remember being at the dojo, just whenever we do like uh, stretching and stuff, we do these uh, stretch kicks uh, and you increase the performance each time and help you stretch out. And we all count, the uh, everybody in the uh, the group class. So it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I couldn't count to ten. What? I literally could not count to ten. I was so dopey. Uh, I couldn't keep a straight thought. And I literally could not count to ten. Beyond that... I wasn't eating. I was losing weight and I was in very good shape at that time and I was losing muscle mass because I wasn't eating enough. Also, I was an irritable little bastard. I was not a friendly person to be around. That was one of the other side effects. It just made you irritable. So you may have had a slightly better body if you were losing some weight, but you were not going to be friendly to be nearby. And it was also three times more expensive than Tegretol because Tegretol is an old medication. It's been around for a while. Uh, so I was glad to get off that one. What turned out to be the semi-magic bullet was just Tegretol again, which is good because it makes you a little dopey. It mutes your emotions a bit. It's not so bad compared to the others. Uh, its side effects are like dry mouth, a little muted. Uh, I can't think as fast as I used to. And that's either due to seizures or it's due to the medications. I think it's the medications because when I miss accidentally miss one, I feel better. Oh, God, if I miss one, it's not even... Yeah. Oh, God, I'm screwed if I miss one. Yeah, uh, but I, if I miss one, I immediately take it, so... Mm. Either way, the Tegretol is, has the best reaction for me, and apparently, if, if they can, they try to get people on it because of just that reason. It's one of the ones with the most mild side effects, comparatively. I'm just on a much higher dose than I was on before. So I'm like uh, 1200 a day. Jesus. Yeah, it's huge. Um, but it's the only one I need to be on for seizures. For my other meds, uh, we're talking like uh, a uh, beta blocker for my heart and uh, some warfarin for my heart. Uh, warfarin is a, a anti-coagulation uh, medication. It helps uh, clots not form. So those things are just purely for heart-related issues. Uh, the only one I'm on for seizures is Tegretol, uh, just a very high dose. Have you ever accidentally double-dosed? Like you yes. It? Oh, God, how scary is that? Because well, the problem I had, and the reason I moved my times, like because you have to take it every 12 hours yeah. and consistently. And this is not one of those things like you, if you don't, if you miss one, it's like, oh, just get it the next time. It's like, oh my God, I missed one. I'm going to have a seizure, Yeah. you know, or it's potential. So I, if I, anything like that happens, I have to call off my entire day. I call out people if I'm going out, can't go out, or I call work and say, I can't come to work because I don't know if I'll have a seizure or not. Um, also, I used to take them at six in the morning and six at night because I would get it right when I got up. But the problem was, is if you inconsistently get up, you will inconsistently take your medication and it can cause problems. So what I ended up doing was taking it at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Because now I do that and I find I'm very consistent with my medication. I also have alarms on my phone. So it's like, nope, take your meds now. And uh, I'm very consistent now and I think it's helped out a lot. Uh, I'm not as paranoid. I'm not worried about uh, missing them. And I can get up and have a sleep in. You know, I can actually sleep in, which is so nice. It's wonderful because good amount of sleep is one of the best ways to stop or reduce the amount of seizures. Get your sleep. I can feel the clothes that I'm wearing off. 
because I'm addicted to it. Wow. So I'll start getting, like, I'm kind of, like, rocking back and forth, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm jittering, like, as if I'm, like, coming down off a high or something. And I'm like, wow. oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then sometimes it'll happen, like, almost as if it's, like, wearing off early or whatever. So I have it, yeah, around 6 in the morning. And then sometimes around 4.30 I start feeling it wear off. Maybe if I've had, like, a really stressful day or something. And I'm just like, oh, my God. It, like, I, do I take it early? Because if I don't take it, if I take it without food, my yeah. eyes start going up and down. I get really dizzy. I, I'm just exhausted. It throws me off completely. And Holy I wind crap. up coming home and being like, night. <laughs> 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 See ya. But, oh, my God, I've double-dosed in the last time I did that. And, of course, like, you don't do it on purpose. You're just, no. like, um, I think the last time I did it, I have, like, one of those pill boxes, mm -hmm. right? I so, got one, too. Um, I was filling, I had already had my PM medication and I was filling my AM medication up for the next morning. And because I had a handful of pills in my hand and I'm so used to just tossing them back, that's exactly what I did. And then I froze just after I'd swallowed them and I'm like, oh, so like, I just, I was like, oh no, 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 I can't have done this. And I had had them, I think like three hours before. So I called the nurse's hotline and they're like, okay, uh, we're just going to like, Move you on to to the pharmacy or like the pharmacist. Um, they actually line. the pharmacists actually know a lot more obviously they were about medication. So helpful. Yeah. But as opposed to freaking out because I was afraid I was gonna start throwing up or whatever, I'm slowly getting calmer and calmer, and I'm like kind of weirded out that I'm so calm over something that would normally freak me out, and then I realize it's because I've double dose on this anti-anxiety medication. Right. And I'm like, so this is what it's like. Okay. <laughs> I don't mind this. That's why people buy these off the street. This feels pretty good. And I also didn't like how I didn't have control over my emotions, so it also turned me off. So, But yeah, yeah. I was like thanking the pharmacist. I'm like, you're really nice. Did you know that? Are you a mom? Because you'd be a good mom. She's like laughing. She's like, you'll be okay. Like, just get some sleep. So... I got lucky that it, I took them so far apart by an accident, which was really great. So. You can actually take a fair amount of overdose on a lot of stuff, or higher than normal, because quite often there will be people, I bet you, out there with that level of uh, dose. So that's the bonus, is that there's, you should probably know the top and bottom of where these drugs need, or like the medical uses, how high do they actually go? Because if you're well below that, even if you double dose, you're probably safe. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's always good to get I'm a medical help. I'm person, though. Yeah. Like, they, when I got pregnant with Harry, I think I gained about 40 pounds or something, and they upped my medication a bit because right. I was a bigger, bigger person. person. Yeah, I was a yeah. bigger person for a little while. Oh, we haven't even touched on all the medications. No. Uh, oh as we go, God. we're, we're going to do other episodes where we uh, talk about other medications, and... Uh, for all the people out there, if you want to submit uh, medications you've been on, and if you want us to do a touch on on those in the future, uh, that's a wonderful idea. Send us a message. Send uh, us your horror stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Liv, could you tell us where do the fellow fish out there, where to send their uh, medications and all any other uh, questions and things they might want us to uh, talk about? Because your epilepsy brain doesn't remember our email. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> okay, you can email us at fishoutofwater101 at outlook.com. Um, I was going to do a shout out to a fish. I had, uh, I posted on one of the epilepsy Facebook pages that I'm on asking if anyone else had horror flashes. And so many people said they do, except they had different names for it. What was the, what do you call it again? Uh, a sense of doom. Yes, yes. Um, and I read that. who said that. Yeah, I read that in an actual, uh, when I was taking nursing. Uh, I read it in an actual text. That's oh, what. So that's. I think that's technically the term that they use. Although I have never met a medical professional actually use it. Uh, it's uh, one of those things that they sort of like. Oh, okay, yeah, that's nice. And they, but I mean, there's nothing they can do about it. So there's no, there's no. really there's no medication or treatment for it. So it's like, yeah, sucks to be you, and yeah. <laughs> off you go. Yes, yeah. Um, so I posted that and there were a lot of people saying like, I get panicky and see glitter. Um, I don't get any warning at all. But then there was this one person named Josh who said, yes, it's like a trailer for a horror movie. It's not our fault. And I'm like, oh God, that just hurt my heart. 
Mm. I sent it to Steve and I sent it to our producer, David, who's wearing a yellow shirt with flowers on it, with socks also, with damn, reading damn I'm hot with hot air balloons. And (laughs) just, I love it. I love it so much. I'm so boring with my outfits. <laughs> you're literally where you look like you're dressed like my dad. Yeah? Yes. And my, your dad and me look dressed similar? Right now, yes. At, to my, re, uh, my uh, what do you call the day before the wedding you do the rehearsal? The, rehearsal? It's like a, there's like a name for it. There's a something rehearsal. Dress, okay. It, okay, anyway. The day before when we're like practicing going down the aisle because, you know, no one knows how to walk. Um... <laughs> It just made me laugh. Um, he wore a button-down shirt with suspenders, and the uh, it was buttoned down to like almost his belly button, which was really nice. Uh, with suspenders onto sweatpants and Crocs with socks. Nice. So that's a, I can that's imagine a... you wearing that when you're about <laughs> sixty-two. That's a um, that's a come get me outfit if there ever was one. Yeah, so I'm like walking down the aisle the day before. I'm like, oh god, there are all these photos. Anyway. So, Josh, you're right. It's not our fault. And if someone has ever made you feel that way, you do not want that person in your life. That is a bully named Kate from elementary school. You get her out of your life. Chop it! Chop it! That's bad. That's wrong. You can feel like a burden all you want, even though that is not exactly how you should be feeling. But never feel like it's your fault, unless you purposefully somehow gave yourself epilepsy because you're serial killer or something you do not deserve to feel like your epilepsy is your fault no one would choose this for anyone except for richard ramirez (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you do horrid things people are a little less forgiving just a tiny bit just a tiny bit oh if you read his fan mail though anyway so that's my shout out to josh no it's not our fault no we do not deserve this and we would do anything to get rid of it even brain surgery, which didn't work. But that's for another day. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's end today. Um, we got fits of laughter. Um, <laughs> I still like the title. So do I. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to start by saying I'm sorry. This one, it, it, uh, I read it and I laughed and I laughed. You're apologizing pre-joke. Pre-joke. Okay, if you're not a fish, you're not allowed to make this joke. My sense of humor runs dark. So I'm going to try to throw in a few dad jokes as the weeks go by because I think they're awesome. But I also have uh, this compunction to read really dark jokes. So I'm just going to say I haven't heard this, so this doesn't have my okay. <laughs> so <laughs> this is me. I, I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> so uh, what's blue? It doesn't fit. <laughs> my size zero jeans. A dead epileptic. Oh my god! <laughs> Once again, I'm sorry. You are the reason people have horror flashes. Oh, you're just the worst. Oh my god. Like I said, you could throw me hate. That's fine. I no. can take it. But I, uh, it's if you admit it to yourself, it's funny. Enough. Uh, you can reach us at Fish Out of Water 101 at Outlook.com, or you can send, you can uh, DM me on Instagram at Liv W I G E N Carswell C A R S W E L L anytime. Facebook page should be up and running soon, if not by now. Carpe diem. Get it.